this is Erica Sicocio with Practical Biz Podcast. Today we are joined with Kareem. Um, he is out of state. This is our first time uh, recording with somebody who isn't in person. So bear with me as I get used to this new uh, way of recording. So could you please um, introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. And thank you, Erica. And hello, everyone that's listening. This is Kareem Canston owner of Canston Development. And guess what? I used to live in Rhode Island for like 26 years. <laughs> yeah, that's how we met. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your your background in your company. Sure. So um, I do management consulting, helping small business owners be strategic about growing their revenue or getting a handle on their operations because they've grown too fast. And so my background is really in um, start out in training, in Fortune 500 companies, training managers, supervisors, executives, and moved over to entrepreneurship, helping entrepreneurs find funding, doing some technical assistance, and uh, worked in a vacant field for about like 15 years before I started my consulting business. Okay. So what would you say you enjoy most about what you do? I like the, to hear people where they are and where they want to go. Right. And so entrepreneurs, small business owners um, have a goal. Right. It might be grow their business, open up a new location, grow their wealth, grow their sales. And I love to talk to people about the future. And then we get to what is happening right now. And the reason why is that if I could talk to people about what they're looking to do, then we could usually set a plan to how to get there. Okay. And what would you say your style of coaching is, if you could articulate that? Yeah, I would say um, I'm an active listener. Okay. And versus an active talker. And the reason why is that I need to listen to what people are saying in order so I can actually give them some feedback and also we can help them out with a, a problem, you know? Yeah. Um. So when we met at the 10,000 uh, Small Business Program, tell me a little bit about your role there and how you came about, you know, being uh, somebody who uh, helped with that program. Yeah, sure. The Goldman Sachs um, Small Business Program that started in Rhode Island was was a great opportunity. I was one of the, one of the first founding uh, team members there. And... Um, I started off helping out with the program, doing business counseling, and then um, right after the first cohort, uh, became the lead faculty. And so I, re I really love that program. And I tell people, yeah, um, if too. you're in business, <laughs> you know, right? And you went through it, right, Erica? Yeah. And if you're in, in, in business, you should really seek out, you know, that program. But also it could be other programs in which that program is all about helping the entrepreneur focus on growth. Yeah. And then also removing yourself out of the business. Yes. You know, and so entrepreneur, I talk to entrepreneurs. I, I still do business coaching. I do business counseling at a community college to keep me grounded with people that start in starting businesses and people struggle with how, how to grow. Yep. And then also how do you change your mindset from the operator to the entrepreneur? Oh yeah. That was, that was really hard for me. Really hard. <laughs> it really was. I would say that, you know, uh, for 14 years, that was the biggest thing. Like I built, as many of us do, you build this business around yourself and then 
you know, it's so hard because you built it that way that when you mm. start to step away, you're like, oh, well, who's going to do this and who's going to do that? And, and, and some of it's, you know, your own, like, it's not going to survive without me, uh, which it does, right? Walt Disney's been gone a long time, but there's still, right. you know, there's still Disney World, right? So uh, somebody figured it out. So, uh, yeah. So the, the folks that we work with here um, are people who would not necessarily qualify to do a program like the 10,000 because you've got to be a, you know, a business for a certain period of time, or you have to okay. have a certain, you know, uh, revenue already coming in. So we've been working with people who maybe just have a concept uh, really haven't even uh, applied for paperwork through the state. So really like beginning, uh, entrepreneurs or people who maybe have had it as a hobby for a while and now are ready to make that next move. So uh, those are the folks that we have been uh, working with for the last couple months. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, and you know what, and that's a, a, a great group um, to work with because those uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners, if they have a goal of becoming big, they can do it. And so, um, the other thing I jumped into because of, you know, being in Coleman Sachs is that, you know, I'm, I'm a franchise owner. I own a, a quick service restaurant, limited service uh, franchise and looking to grow. And I share that with people because you as a business owner that's listening and you're at a certain stage, sometimes it might be buying a, a business to grow. And which some people forget about that opportunity also, right? Yeah. So, so, so let me give you an example. Say, for instance, you were um, a person that had a retail store selling um, local goods, right? There's another retail store that is selling local goods. Yep. It might be a strategy for you to, hey, I, I don't know how to really grow. I'm still tinkering. But maybe you could buy another operation, bring in that team bringing those sales and those customers yep. so you can grow a little bit faster. Right. As long as you have systems in place, right? So that's that's the big thing about franchise, right? Is you have yep. a system in place so that everything is streamlined, everything is the same, it's cohesive. Uh, so yeah, so that's a benefit of, of having a franchise where you're not solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or it might be, you know, it, it might not be the franchise, might not be your thing, but there's another business that you could strategically partner or yep. buy out that works like, like for instance, Hey, you're in the childcare industry, right? There's tons of childcare facilities. Oh yeah. Maybe instead of opening up another one, buy yourself, maybe yeah. just buy, buying another one. Right? Can I tell you <laughs> that? Yeah. That happened quite a bit during COVID. There were a lot of folks who maybe were either at the end of their career and they just said, you know what, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to do my exit plan a little bit earlier. And there were a lot of programs that became available. And then unfortunately some, you know, uh, didn't sell in time and ended up closing, but yes. So sometimes when something happens in the economy or the world, uh, that looks like a negative thing really can impact you in a very positive way as a business owner. Yes. Yes. And right now there's a huge opportunity for business owners that are, we call them, you know, are, are ready to retire. They're trying to figure out a way to do it, and it might be an option to to purchase their business, yeah. or it might not purchase. You know, since some people they might not look into purchase, maybe it's the, buying the assets, right, or obtaining the assets, yeah, uh, of, of a business. Or the biggest thing now, um, coaching people on they want to go into a retail location. Yep, um, I love retail, by the way. 
It's just very <laughs> right. It's very competitive the the retail marketplace, depending where you are and what you want to start. So I tell people you might have to take over somebody's lease or take over their business assets in order so you could get into a yeah. spot. Yep. Which is which is a strategy because right now we were looking to move our current franchise unit and it's gonna be three times if we move it to a, a newer location. Yep. Which probably is not the, the best move. But you know. Yeah. But yeah, Erica, shoot some shoot some other questions at me. So I, I don't right. want to stay okay, on the franchise because right. um, people are in a certain a certain area and they're trying to like they probably doing a side hustle, got a part time, yeah. full time job. Well, that's that's trying to yeah. figure out how do you take that leap. Right. So um, I think one of the one of the things that's really important is can we stress the importance of having a business plan because a business card doesn't make you a business owner. You need to really have a plan. So what would your best advice be for people who are starting out around a business plan? So, you know what, there's this new thing called business lean model canvas, um, which is kind of becoming the new business plan because they're finding out a lot of people are spending a lot of time on full blown 20, 30, 40, 50 page business plans uh-huh. when they really them. need to start <laughs> to figure out their model. Yeah. Right. And then maybe then go into a business plan. If you're a very intricate type of business or you need funding, because the biggest thing people, people struggle with who's my. Oh. Do we who's, lose them? I, I don't. Oh, Oh, I, I don't know. I, I dropped. I'm them. good. I'm good. You can you can hear me. I can hear you now. Yeah. All right. Cool. Sure so, so, uh, so uh, what I was saying is that what people struggle with, and the business model, lean model, canvas helps people out with this, is figuring out who's your ideal customer. Yes. How are you going to market to them, and how are you going to grow customers? Yep. And, and that's then, what usually people struggle with because they I, say, "Hey, you ask somebody who's your customer. Everybody's buying." Yeah, no. yeah. Everybody says that. Yeah, everybody can use it. No, but who is buying the product? Maybe the end user could be everybody, but who's actually making that purchase? I think the other thing that I find with small, small mom and pop places that I work with is everybody is so worried about getting that new customer that we need to also focus on customer retention and it's really Mm. right so you can you know you spend all your energy and funding and money on getting you know five people in the door and you've lost 20 out the back door so i think that that is something that when i'm working with people like yes it's important to continue to look for new customers of course but you have to make sure you're doing a good job with the ones that you have because that's who's going to drive your business that's who's going to tell their friends and referrals and um you know and, and you know maybe maybe the price point maybe you can sell them other products that maybe they're not purchasing now you have that relationship with them and i think everybody's always yeah so worried about you know the the new customer yeah Um, yeah and 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 that's one of the things you know people forget about like oh you know hey these customers people say all the time these customers get on my nerves i'm like (laughs) are they they giving you money okay so let's change that thinking of how do we develop better relationships with our customers yeah well, and I right. think, yeah, I think for my business, when I look at a customer, I, my customers are usually with me for five to eight years, which is pretty typical. But the life, the, the amount of money that one customer spends with me could be close to $100,000. So yeah, right. they're, they're going right. to get, you know, everything that I could do to have a great relationship with them. You know, so I, I think that that is for the industry that I'm in is just so ingrained in what we do, like, 
it's a big deal, you know, and I think some people don't think about that. We're just always, you know, looking for that next customer, the next thing. And, uh, you know, retaining your customers is equally important, if not more. It's true. It's true. And understanding, like you said, the life cycle of your customer, right? If you could keep that customer and you know they're going to be a customer for, I don't know, 12 months, uh, 10 years, and then figuring out, all right, what is that revenue for that amount of time if they remain a customer? Right? right. So like I know my my quick service franchise business, it's going to be like six hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Right. So if I lose them, I'm losing six hundred dollars a year. So how do I keep that customer? If they make a complaint, hey, I got I'm going to give you something free so you can come back. Right. Right. Um, or you might be in the business of service. Right. And you're trying to get more people to buy. So maybe you give somebody a discount. Um, if they sign up with a couple of services with you, yep. you know, um, yeah. so it's really got to be strategic about how do you make sure that customers are always thinking about you and not somebody else. That's right. Yeah. You gotta, well, you have to be really good at what you do. Let's face it. <laughs> it's true. Right? It's true. You got, it's not always price, right? You have to be at the top of your game. You have to continue to improve your practice and your craft. Uh, and then you have to, you know, be able to articulate the value that you bring to the table. So I know you also do public speaking. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so people are going to laugh at this. So I am an introvert. I am not an extrovert, even though people are like, Hey, you got to be an extrovert cream. Cause every time I see you doing stuff or talking, you, you're always on point, but I love to be by myself. I love to have quiet space and quiet time and what, what happened to me in college is I took a job as a resident assistant and I had to answer people questions. I was a person that had to help people out when they were in crisis. And, and then in college, I took some leadership classes and then professors started to send me out to go speak or do trainings. Um, and I started liking this leadership stuff. And so it's, it's no joke. It takes me, Every time I speak in front of an audience or speak in front of a virtual Zoom, because, you know, uh, COVID the last two years, it's 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 it takes work. You know, it's I just don't wake up saying, hey, I know what I'm going to say. It's going to be easy. I have to prepare myself to get there. And they said uh, public speak is one of the one of the top 10 fears of that people have. Um <laughs> Not for all of <laughs> no. us. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think then, you figured people, that out, right? You figured that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? And then some people, and then some people love it, right? And yeah. so it well, takes me energy to yeah. get to that place. Gotcha. And then some other people, they just love, they just yeah, love to do it, because right? Because it's so, you're, you're, it's like uh, being in a rock concert, really. I mean, you're performing. You're all eyes are on you. You have to be on point. You've got to be able to deliver your message. And uh, so, you know, some people get really nerved out about that. But I, I love it and look forward to doing as many public speaking engagements as I can. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And words can change people's lives. And that's yeah. why I, I, I love public speaking. And a lot of people have have told me this is the re you know, you need to share more. And they they propel me more and encourage me because that's not something I always like. Yeah, hey, that's something I want to do. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think um, the benefits are for people to use a business coach? I know, and you know, but if you had to speak to the audience, somebody who's just starting out, I don't have money for that. What would you say? You know, to to those folks. Yeah. So I I, I tell people, business coaches, they they're not there to 
to sing your praises, right? <laughs> they are there to kind of take and make sure you get to a certain place quicker than probably what you could do on your own, right? So, yep. um, and mistakes are costly, can, right? Mistakes are costly. Yeah. And, and sometimes it can be paid. You sometimes you can find some, you know, some pro bono stuff through the state or through, you know, um, um, nonprofit entrepreneurship organizations. But your your coach is there, and I, and I share this like I talk about NFL coaches, right? Yep. The quarterbacks on the field. Yep. They get off the field after they didn't get a first down. The first thing the coaches do is give them pictures and give them video. They are showing to them all of the things they could have missed. So coach sees more things that you could see on the field yep. and they're trying to help you to play to your strength. Yeah. So if you take that step back too, like if you're not in the day to day, sometimes you could go in or I could go in and I could look at something and say, well, did you see this? Did you see that? Like you said, they miss it because they're so yeah. in the, you know, they're in the mid, the middle of it, putting out fires or, you know, working in the day to day. They don't even think about those different opportunities. Um, it's true. And, and I'll share with you. I have a, yeah. I have a consulting coach right now. Um, we pay, pay them seven fifty a month and they've have saved me. I would say maybe $150,000 of money. Yeah. I didn't have to pay out for yep. certain things, yeah. you know, and they, they cost me $750 a month. Right. And yep. so what they save you, right? <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's huge. So I'm like, yeah. I, I'm like, Hey man, I'm keeping these people, you know, yeah. I'm keeping investing them because they've saved me so much money just by, because they know that know certain things about the industry. Yep. They have certain connections and they are more valuable to me right. than and, uh, if the, I would have paid all that money, I would have been upset that I paid yeah. it. And, and the best I, coaches, the best coaches still use coaches or have right. mentors, right? right? I mean, all the way up the top, right? Um, mm -hmm. So let me ask you a couple more questions. I know we got we to gotta wrap up soon, but yep. uh, what does success look like to you? Success to me is that, well, I, my purpose is to encourage people on a daily basis, right? So um, success to me is that I'm encouraging people every single day. I tell people, you have to understand what your purpose is in life, in business. And if you're doing that thing every single day, then that should be success. Now, some people have monetary goals. Some people have you know, financial goals. And that's up to you. And so no one could define your success of what you want to achieve except for you. Right. Yep. Put some goals in place, have a coach, share the, 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 the goals with the coach to say, listen, I want to do this. And how can I get get to this point? You know, or it might be family and friends or it might be another entrepreneur to keep you accountable because other people will define what you should do, but you should define it for yourself. Yeah. Agreed. So where do you see yourself in five years? What do you see yourself doing? Go ahead, Erica. All right. Uh, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh man, that's a that's a huge question <laughs> right there. That's a huge question. You know, so I mean, I I do have a, a book coming out um, <laughs> very soon. Another book is my third. I think my third book. Right. This one is very personal. It's um sharing about me growing up with parents uh, who struggle with mental illness. And truly, I, I would say the next probably two years, I really want to focus on sharing about my story. Yep. 
to help people to start having more conversations about, you know, mental illness and how more people need to get help, um, you know, for their life personally, you know, professionally and, and, and really want to grow, want to grow my, my franchise business and have it operating where I'm, I'm not in the, the day-to-day where yeah. somebody else is doing the operation, you know? Yeah. That sounds great. So I'm going to give you uh, your five seconds to plug your business, uh, contact info, tell us about those two books, maybe the titles where people can get them. Sure, sure. So you could go to um, my website, K-A-N-S-T-O-N.com. So it's Canston.com. It's my last name. You could go to KareemCanston.com. You could Google search me, Kareem Canston. Um, how you spell my first name is K-A-R-R-I-E-M. And you definitely could find my imprint on, um, if you search me in Google, go to my website. But yeah, my book that's coming out is called Grown Up Mental. should be released hopefully at the end of this month on Amazon um, and other places. And feel free, reach out to me. I'll talk to anybody, point you in the right direction. If I'm not the person you need to talk to, I'll, I'll share with you the people you really need to talk to. <laughs> All right. And I'm, I'm definitely an extrovert. So I'll be reaching out to you. Uh, I think we could probably do some, I see like down the line, five years down the line for me, maybe we could do something together. Maybe we could get some conferences going or something on, uh, on the New England or East coast uh, area. So let's do it. Let's, All do, right, it, let's do it. Sounds good. I will be in touch. Thank you for uh, coming on today. Again, this is practical biz podcast. Be sure to like, Listen, share, review. Thank you. Have a great night.